Welcome to New Life Church Sermons. We hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like to connect more with us, go to newlifesl.church. Revelation chapter 7 and verse 9. And I'm going to read to the end of the chapter. And uh, just a beautiful word picture of, of heaven. It says, After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes. Everyone say white robes and palms in their hands and cried with a loud voice saying salvation to our God which sitteth upon the throne and unto the lamb and all the angels stood round about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts and fell before the throne on their faces and worshiped God saying amen blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes? And whence came they? And I said unto him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb, the blood of the Lamb. Therefore are they before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. Neither shall the sun light on them nor any heat for the Lamb, the Lamb, which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and shall lead them unto living fountains of waters and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. I want to talk to us today about home. Home. Let's pray and ask the Lord to uh, minister in this house through his word. Would you lift your voice and ask the God to speak to you today? Father, we love you and we exalt you and we magnify you. We thank you, O oh Lord, for your goodness, your mercy, your grace. God, I thank you for your presence that's here today. And I ask, Lord, that as your word goes forth, that you would anoint my mouth to speak what only you would have me say. Nothing more, nothing less. I pray anoint our ears to hear and receive this word. Let us be obedient to the word and align our life with your word. We ask it in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's clap our hands to the Lord. Let's just worship him for a moment. You can be seated. There is 
a passage in the New Testament that uh, talks about this idea of how we are pilgrims and strangers in this world. Another New Testament writer says we are in the world, but we are not of this world. Referring to the mindset of this world and the system of this world. Uh, there is a comparison of things with kingdom principles and world principles that sound very much the same in the sense of they'll use the same words. The world says that the, what the world needs now is love, sweet love. And I won't get on the piano and play that for you right now, but they wrote a song about it. And there's a movement about peace, love and peace and world peace. And this idea of world peace comes from everybody just do and live out their truth and everybody get along. That's the idea of the world system. And yet we find in this kingdom manual known as the Bible that there is also a love and a peace and a truth. But there's only one way to receive and experience this peace and this love and this truth we find in scripture is more than just a set of ideals. It is also a person. The ideals and the mind of God was manifest in flesh in the person of Jesus Christ, the man, the Messiah, the Christ. And he lived out these principles and truths and precepts. And so we find Jesus making a statement that straight is the gate. And narrow is the way that leads to life, and few there be that find it. Meaning this idea, it's a straight gate to enter through. But it does not say that the way is broad on the other side of the straight gate. Meaning that once you enter through a straight gate, you also have to stay on the narrow way. It's not a broad gate, all-inclusive gate. In a broad way. Jesus said that leads to destruction. It is a straight gate and it is a narrow way that leads to life and few there be that find it. I think one of the dangers that we uh, face in the 21st century as the people of God, whether or not we'd be brave enough to admit it, is that we, I think, sometimes forget about eternity, this place that seems so far out of reach, yet you're experiencing it today. The presence that exists in eternity filled this house today. And if you liked what you felt in this place today, that doesn't even bump the radar of what heaven is like. Yet we in this world, we being in this world, yet not supposed to be of this world, I think we forget about this other world where there will be a new heaven and a new earth, a 
new Jerusalem, a city where the Lamb is the light. A city where there's no need for a police force because there's no evil. A city where there's no need for a judicial system because there will be no injustice or evil thing, evil person, or evil work in that city. I I, want to remind you today that that is our destination. And I want to ask you today, when was the last time you thought about heaven? Uh, We gather here today in preparation for heaven. We do not gather here today just to live a good life on this earth. And then one day we'll die and hopefully make it to heaven. Every day we are living for this other place. This other place. Now, um, I, I, I want to challenge our thinking for a moment today to consider that if you were to honestly answer the question and when was the last time you really thought about heaven and I'm not talking about a fleeting thought but this longing desire to be there if you have a hard time remembering when that was I want to ask us the question then If heaven is not fully on our mind, hell probably isn't either. And sometimes I feel like I pick up in my spirit that we don't really actually believe there is an eternal damnation that is called the lake of fire. I'm not going there. Okay. I want to cause us, stir us to think about something today. There really is a hell. And I'm just going to read a passage for a moment to consider. We find in Revelation 20 verse 11, it says, And I saw a great throne and him that sat on it, whose face the earth and the heavens fled away, and there was found no place for them. This is after the thousand-year millennial reign. In verse 12, I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. That's why the Bible says faith without works is dead. We are judged according to our works. Verse 13, the sea gave up the dead which were in it. The dead, death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake 
a fire. Very, very simply put, there is a heaven and there is a hell. There is an eternal paradise with God and there is an eternal fiery judgment where the presence of God is nowhere in it. We're not living for this now moment. Because when Jesus came and began to preach, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He was bringing into this earth and this world system a kingdom that was on foreign soil with the mission of conquering this earthly kingdom. Not overthrowing Rome, overthrowing the power of sin and of Satan, making it possible that anyone that wanted to come out of the kingdom of darkness could do so because the price had been paid for them to be able to cross these kingdom borders. What I want to, I want to spark in our mind today is that if you, as a child of God, been born again of the water and of the spirit, and entered the kingdom of God, like Jesus says in John 3. If you have done that, and you've entered into this kingdom, you may still be in this world system that controls this planet called Earth, but you are a part of something that is not of this world. I want to stir our thinking today to then cause us to understand that yes, we as people in this life and on this earth, we are to work hard with our hands and we are to do what we are supposed to do as people living on this planet to function and live. But we need to have something in the back of our mind every day this world is not our home. There is a destination somewhere out there. That's why our job should not define us and our home should not define us and, and what we experience in this life should not define us because if you've been born again, there was something that was put in you that was stronger than the grip of discouragement, that was more powerful than the pool of temptation. It is Christ in you, the hope of glory that is giving you this glimpse of a greater place called heaven. I want to ask you today, do you believe that today? Do you understand today 
that when you went down in the waters of baptism, it wasn't an association with a religious group, but the blood of Jesus Christ washed away your sins. When you were filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, it wasn't some ecstatic chill bump experience, but it was the spirit of God that filled you, that adopted you into the family of God, where you were now written down in the Lamb's book of life. And we find here in this passage, we find a glimpse that if you and I make it there, we find a glimpse of our family. Our family. Your family's bigger than you think it is. A great multitude which no man could number. You hate going to family reunions now. Heaven is so big, you can't number your brothers and sisters. Challenging thinking today where we break out and we understand what we're really a part of. Because if we understand what we're really a part of, we'll fulfill the purpose we're called to for the entire reason why we're still here. If God was done with you, you'd be dead in the grave. So I want to ask you today, are you doing what God wants you to do? And so uh, I know some people don't believe that, and that's fine. It's not really fine, but, I mean, you can't, can't change their mind. But our family is bigger than we understand. It's a great multitude which no man can number. You have brothers and sisters from all nations. You have brothers and sisters from all nations, kindreds, people. You have brothers and sisters that don't speak the same language as you. We have brothers and sisters in this church right now don't speak the same language as we do. But they have been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost and we are on a journey together to our home. We're headed home. And in case you were wondering, this world is not your home. And so understanding this, this place we're headed to. Anybody excited about going there? Heaven, heaven. You see, uh, you, you know, there's different opinions about how this whole thing wraps up and we may do a little series study on it on a Wednesday night soon. But here's the bottom line. If we feel comfortable in this world, we're probably going to feel uncomfortable in heaven. And if you feel uncomfortable in heaven, you're probably not going to get there to begin with. 
I understand. Oh, that sounds harsh. Read the words of John the Baptist. He got his head cut off because he called out sin and he called out lifestyles contrary to God's word. Read the words of Jesus. Jesus was crucified because he ticked off people that didn't want to change. Okay, that, that, that when you look at the story in scripture and you navigate through how it led, Jesus kept speaking the truth until one day it got him killed. So what we need to understand today is that there has got to be something in us where we do not get lulled to sleep in this late hour of time. You want to hear a frightening statistic? According to the parable of the ten virgins, five wise and five foolish, 50% of the church made it. They were all called virgins. That's a type of the church. In Revelation, there's a virgin, the church. But in the parable Jesus gives, only 50% made it. Go back and read your Bible. 50%. Does that spark a little holy, righteous fear of the Lord in you? Are you ready? Do you have enough oil? Do you have enough oil? Is there something in you that as we navigate through these uncertain times, that something in your spirit begins to perk up like a sensor for a radar to be like, we're, we're getting close and things are getting crazy and there's about to be a great move of God through this world, but yes, there's also the second coming of Jesus and I can't allow what's going on in the world to steal my oil. And I want to remind you today, in case anyone was wondering, if Jesus would have come back in 2020, there was a lot of people in the church that had no oil because the things going on, the, on in the world drained it from them. That's the stark reality. That's just the simple truth. What am I saying today? I'm reminding you that there is a home that you and I have in a place you and I are headed to we've got to be ready and it's not just well I was baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost no it's straight is the gate and also narrow is the way what you entered through you've got to keep walking in there's still got to be a hunger for the things of God there's still got to be an alignment with the word of God there's got to be a passion and zeal where the spirit of God is continually working on you and challenging you and the love of God continues to abound in us and the fruit of the spirit continues to abound in us because we have a home we have a destination we have a place we're headed to I want to ask you today are you ready you see 
You're a part of something bigger than you. This church is a part of something bigger than it. And so when things take place in our life that distract, there needs to be something in us where we put up blinders, where we stay focused on the prize, where we stay focused on the mark, Jesus. There's got to be something where as we continue to navigate in these last days, where we are not consumed with the things of this world. You see, yeah, baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost, whenever that was. But then I just kind of just do what I want to do. Just kind of live my life how I want to live my life. Is that a relationship with God? I'm asking you today. Is that a relationship with God? I want to ask us today, are we doing with our life what God wants us to do with our life? Why is this important? Because I promise you, if every one of us were doing fully with our life what the will of God was for our life, there'd be some things about our life that were a little different. Please let us not be naive enough to think I am doing exactly with my life what God wants me to do. Fully. I've got it down 100%. I'm nailing this. Maybe in living righteous, you're not committing, you know, any great grievous sin, what the Bible calls sin. But are you allowing the Lord to order your steps? And as he's ordering your steps, every step you take, are you doing what God wants you to do on this journey from here to home? Because I promise you, if you allow yourself to do that, your life will be much different than you could ever imagine. You know why we don't do that sometimes? Fear. I've, I've seen people, even recently, probably not going to do the will of God because of fear. Worried about temporal things, which are legitimate fears and cares to the flesh. But if Abraham would have listened to his fears, he wouldn't have traveled around in a land that was promised to him but wasn't his for 25 years before he ever saw the promise. And if um, anyone in the Bible would have listened to their fears, we wouldn't be telling Sunday school stories about them, preaching sermons about them today. Every person you read about in scripture that the Bible says the world was not worthy of. The world wasn't worthy of them because they overcame their fear by simply obeying the call of God. What is the call of God? The call of God is God calling to you to do something that is his will. 
It's not just behind the pulpit. It's not just an instrument. It's not just Sunday school. It's not just greeting. It's not just vacuuming the church. Those are all great necessary things that the Bible talks about different gifts, gifts of the spirit, administration, organization, all these different things. But there's another call that Jesus says in a parable to occupy till I come. It's not hunker down and survive till I come. It's occupy till I come. There's a there's something the Lord wants to do in our mindset that we are um, we're, we're, we're seeing it happen. The Lord's doing great things. But I don't think we would be doing it proper and I don't think we would be doing it biblically if we're pushing for great revival for the sake of having great revival. Even though we would be doing the will of God to reach people and we would be uh, impacting people's lives and they'd be hearing the gospel and um, they would uh, forever be changed as they experience the new birth and are discipled into following Jesus and they go from living a lifestyle that full of chaos and mess to being cleaned up, redeemed and, 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 and fulfilling a great purpose that God has for their life and the joy of the Lord's overflowing in their life and all of those things, we would be making a great impact. But I, I, I want to, as we prepare for next Sunday, I want to throw something even further down the line to understand why are we pushing for such great revival? One, it's the will of God. Two, heaven. If we truly believe in hell, we shouldn't want anyone to go there. And if we're not really concerned about whether people go to hell, Chances are we don't believe there is a hell. And if you don't believe there is a hell, you need to read your Bible. It is an eternal torment filled with fire that feels like you're being burned yet you're never consumed. I don't wish that on my worst enemy. And if we truly believe that that is actually a destination for the ungodly and those who have not been born again and saved by the Lord Jesus Christ, if we truly believe that, there should be something in us to understand. The reason there's still a church in San Leandro is because we are to be a light to the 91,000 people 
people who need to hear this gospel and believe, to understand there are people in this city whose home right now is hell, but there's a group of people in this city who claim that their home is heaven, but we have the ability and power through the Spirit of God to be a witness to this lost and dying city and say there's a better home. There's a greater hope. There's something better for you. I've been accused of being all about numbers. You just want the building to be full. Duh. Yes, so I am going to go on record today and say that I am all about numbers. Yes, I am. And you want to know why? Because in Revelation chapter 7, verse 9, heaven is filled with a great multitude of people which no man could number. And I believe that every church of Jesus Christ should have a driving desire to at least reach one more. And once we've reached that one, well, there's one more. There's one more. There's one more. Jesus hasn't come back yet. That must mean there's one more in my city that will believe if I'll just reach them. But see, if we don't believe that there's a hell, we'll just coast till kingdom come. But the problem is the unwise virgins were not worried about keeping the oil full. And so when the time came, they were not ready. And they who thought they were safe were left behind. Why do we push for the moving of the spirit of God? Why do I push for us to be full of the Spirit of God. It's the oil. You and I cannot be uh, having the love, the fruit of the Spirit, the love of God, all of the things that are identified with being good and proper. You can't have that without the Spirit of God. I don't want to go empty. I've been empty. I don't like it. Can anyone else be honest? I've been empty. I don't like it. I ask you today, are you empty? Is your vial empty? Are you lacking in oil? You don't have to be. You don't have to be. We, we, we can't allow things in this life to blind us that we have a home and there is a place that we are headed to that is beyond our comprehension. And I refuse to allow the things of this world to cloud my thinking and my judgment because all of this is going to pass away in an instant. So if something that can pass away in an instant by the power of God, why would I let any of that define me? Why would I allow any of that to steal my joy? Why would I allow any of that to drain my oil?
We, 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 we lose our minds as, 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 as the people of God sometimes over the politics and the condition of the world and what's going on and, and the rulings from the judicial system. And I understand that we should uh, have this holy uh, indignation, this righteous indignation for injustice. But instead of complaining about the condition of our country, why don't we rise up and do something about it and proclaim the gospel in our city? and to our neighborhood because I promise you there is someone out there that will believe it if we will just preach it. No more hiding in a corner. The book of Acts church, they were not a church that was in the corner. They actually confessed, the town confessed this was not done in a corner. These have turned the world upside down. Meaning that a pagan city in the book of Acts, a couple of apostles went in and created such a stir that it, it uh, turned that city upside down. And people were not happy about it. They weren't happy about it. You know why? Because <laughs> through the power of the Spirit of God, they literally were impacting the politics and rule of that city. What kind of a revival am I looking for? The one where the mayor hears about it and shows up to see what's going on. In case you were wondering what revival your pastor's looking for, that's what I'm looking for. Uh, I, I, you know what I'm looking for? I'm looking for, oh, I'm looking for the kind of revival where one of the city council members who lives a lifestyle that we would not agree with comes in and the love of God changes his life and he's filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's, that's authority and power in a city. That's the kind of revival I'm looking for. I, I'm looking for the kind of revival where the police chief calls, calls me or some other person in this church to come pray or to counsel with a, a police officer who's experienced uh, some tragedies to help them through it because they know the people at that church have a hold of something that is not of this world. I want to remind us today, how can we expect to go to a place where we, are, we do not have a hold of that power already? That's why you were filled with the Holy Ghost. It's the earnest money of your inheritance. It's God's down payment into your life that what you've experienced here, there's way more of that up there. So why don't we make up in our mind today every distraction, every discouragement, every chaos and confusion, I cast it aside. I lay it aside. I keep my eyes on the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Because we have a home. We have a home. We have a destination that is greater than what you can imagine. And I don't want to be a part of the 50 that misses out on what the Lord is going to do one day when he returns and catches away his church and the only reason why I missed out because I wasn't full of the oil a wise child of God makes sure they're full of the oil a wise child of God you know what the unwise virgins said give us some of your oil a wise virgin says no you're not stealing my oil. We can't allow anyone to influence us in such a way that we let them steal our oil. No more. 
no more. You see, it wasn't an excuse when the 50% were knocking on the door to come in because they weren't ready. The excuse, well, the ones in there wouldn't share their oil. That excuse won't stand. You want the oil? You gotta get it for yourself. And the good news is the river's still flowing in 2023. If you want to get filled with the oil, you can be full of it today. It doesn't matter if you've been walking with God five minutes or five decades. If you look at your oil meter and you realize it's not 100% in a moment, you need to get full of the oil. Get out of your spirit anything that would hinder the flow of that oil and just begin to worship God and let the Lord baptize you all over again with the Holy Ghost and let the Spirit of God work in you to produce in you what he desires we 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 don't we don't want to we don't want to play games with heaven we don't want to bet whether or not we're going to make it i don't want to bet i want to guarantee at the end of my life i want to be able to say i fought the good fight I finished my course. I've done what I was supposed to do. I, yes, I was born again, but I also did with my life what God called me to do. There's, I have some regrets, but those are under the blood of Jesus. And I am trying my best to make sure that when that trumpet sounds, I am going to be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. How's your oil today? Are you full or are you empty? There's a home for you somewhere beyond the blue, but are you full of the oil? When the bridegroom comes, will you be ready to meet him or will you be scurrying around trying to find any extra drops? What a shame it would be to sit on a pew year after year but be empty. You don't have to be empty today, friend. You don't have to leave here the same way you came. But there is an oil that is from above that was purchased through the cross of Jesus Christ to make it possible to change your mind, to transform your life, to save your soul. Worship me for a moment. Oh, the oil is here today. I want you to think about heaven for a moment. And I want you to begin to think about it until it moves you. Because I just, if heaven doesn't move us and heaven doesn't motivate us, I don't expect and understand how we could ever think we're going to get there. It should spark a joy in our heart. It should spark an anticipation in our spirit. I'm ready. I want to go to heaven. I believe that there is an afterlife. I feel like I'm coming against something today right now in a mindset. Heaven is real. It is a real place. And just in case you were wondering, you can actually prove that heaven is real scientifically. But we won't get into that today. I want you to understand today, heaven is real. And two questions. One, are you ready to go there? And two, do you want to go there? If you do, 
Why don't we get right with God right now? Repent. That was the message Jesus preached when he said the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, turn, change. Yes, the people of God need to repent. We need to change our thinking. We need to change our mindsets so that they don't align with tradition, but they align with the word of God. Whatever you need to change in your life, why don't we go to the Lord in prayer right now and begin to change it? Why don't we ask the Lord right now to forgive us of our sin? Forgive us of not allowing him to order our steps. Forgive us of having a mindset that is contrary to his word. If there be any wicked thing in me, oh God, forgive me of my sin. Blot out my transgressions and purge me of my iniquities. Forgive me of any arrogance in my spirit. Forgive me, oh God, of any bitterness, grudge, or unforgiveness. Father, I confess it to you and I ask you to have mercy upon me. Lord, I confess right now in the name of Jesus and I pray, forgive your people, Lord Jesus, of complacency. God, I pray, stir our hearts that we would have a tender yearning for the things of God, that we would not lose sight of heaven, that we would not lose sight of what you're calling us to. Lord, I pray, Father, in your name, that you would awaken us, that you would stir us, that you would open our eyes and understanding to the fact there is a home for your people. And it's not found in this world. I know what I feel in the room today. And I feel the Lord calling his people back to him. We're not going to have revival our way. We're going to have it God's way. And every great revival starts with repentance. And I know all of us have something we need to repent of. And I'm sorry to say, but if you don't think that, you're deceived. We need to align our thinking with the will of God. I'm speaking the truth in love right now. Please repent. Please give it to the Lord. Feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Please repent. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Give up that grudge. Give up that anger. Give up that bitterness. Give up that sin. Give up that lifestyle. Give up that mindset. And lay it down at the Father's feet. These altars are open. I encourage you to come. And you and Jesus work some things out. Because heaven is your home. And there's an innumerable number of family members that we will rejoice with for eternity. Don't let anything steal your oil. Please come to the altar. Please give it to God right now, whatever it is. And let the Spirit of the Lord fill you.